EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey friends, and uh, this is Micah Freeze. We are hanging out. Actually, Sam Rayner and I are hanging out. Sans Josh King. Without Josh King. He's not around. We kicked him out. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We really didn't. No, he's uh, he's just, uh, once again, this, this week he's not available to be with us, which is, you know, turnabout's fair play. Sam and I, over the past couple of months, have had a number of episodes where we weren't able to be around. So it's okay for Josh to get a break because he's basically been holding down the fort for half of the last year. He he really has. Now I, I will I will defend myself. I had a hurricane. I don't know what you were doing, but I was I was busy well, with, with a hurricane. Yeah, I don't have the excuse that you have, unfortunately. I have no justification <laughs> other than just life is busy. And uh now I have I've been I've, I've traveled a fair amount this year and so that has been Listen, I made the last week I made the fastest international trip I've ever made in my life. I went to North Africa little over two days of meetings and came back from the time I stepped on the plane in the U.S. to leave to the time I stepped off the plane in the U.S. to get home was less than 92 hours. Ooh. Oh. Tell me that's not the fastest trip you've ever that's heard. That's brutal. I mean, I've traveled internationally some, and I've gone as far as, as Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's uh, that's a heck of a trip, man. That was, yeah. It was a pretty wild trip, man. It was... Uh, Funded by a group out of uh, the Middle East um, and uh, the government of Morocco. Pretty wild trip. And it was a gathering of pastors and moms. I'm sorry? Are you a spy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call me Bond. J- <laughs> no, no, I'll be Jason Bourne. No, I, I mean, it was it was a gathering of imams, pastors, and uh, and rabbis, most from the U.S. Not an interfaith gathering like you historically think. You know, I'm not a big fan of interfaith gatherings. Interfaith kind of argues that we need to check our faith at the door, or let's all pretend we believe the same thing. This is a gathering where we, everybody affirms we believe fundamentally different things. We we worship God differently. We believe there's different ways to know him. We believe different things theologically about him. But we want to create space where we can um, be kind, gracious, and compassionate to each other and have the freedom to share our faith with each other. And uh, in, in countries that are governed by Muslims or Christians, how do we protect the rights of religious minorities in those spaces? And uh, yeah, man, it was fantastic. It was a really, really good couple of days, but it was a fast trip, really fast trip. You know, you know where I went. Where'd you go? I go. I went to the beach. Ah, uh, you go to the. That's like Tuesday for you, man. <laughs> that's what you do every day. Hey, I'm at the beach again today. You and Philip Nation down there in Bradenton together. Yeah, we but, are we are now in that glorious season that we call winter down here. Yes. Um, well, hey, listen, it's supposed to be seventy-five, five out of the next six days here. So that's about. I'm not complaining. That's winter for us. Anything? Yeah, in the, I'm, the, I'm not complaining. The mid seventies is that's pretty typical for uh, January, February down here. Yeah, that will not be typical for January, February here. But I, you know, hey, listen, I love Chattanooga. We get snow like once a year, and it's like an inch. 
that's my kind of my kind of weather. I despise snow. I call it the spit of Satan, and uh, I think that uh, I think our theology is all wrong. Heaven, hell is not going to be a a, pla- a hot place. It's going to be a cold place. It's going to be freezing cold. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's my theology, I, and I don't care if the, if the Bible contradicts it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, so let's talk this week. We're going to talk about the holidays. They're coming up. We're, we're, when this show airs, we'll be like two weeks away from Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll be six weeks away from um, Christmas. Uh, by the way, I'm already listening to Christmas music in my office. Bah and humbug. The- Yeah, the Grinches in my office are saying the same thing. You can just call me Buddy the Elf. I Uh, love Christmas. We listen. I can listen to. In fact, I did listen to Christmas music at one point in June and July of this year. So I, I don't understand this idea that you can only enjoy it like three weeks out of the year. That makes no sense to me. Nothing else in life is treated that way. Like, oh, I like steak, but I'm only going to have it twice a year. Christmas music should be reserved for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and that is it. That's awful. And 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 even then, used sparingly. Oh, my gosh. I listen to it all the time. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas period. Of course, we adopted our son. This is going to be his first year ever to have a Christmas with a family. So we're doing Christmas big this year. We're doing, for him, he's talked to us about this. Up until this year, Christmas for him was an Operation Christmas Child box, believe it or not. That was his Christmas every year. And so, uh, which was kind of cool because our family's been real committed to that for a long, long time. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing Operation Christmas Child at my church. We got... uh... We got a chunk of our church that really loves that. So good, good ministry, Samaritan's Purse, excellent, uh, excellent ministry. Yeah, we love it. And once, uh, once we found out that that was Christmas for our son for basically his entire life, we loved it even more. And um, so, yeah, we're, we did our packing party at our church last night. Very good. But anyway, so we're going to talk about the holidays. Really, all things pastoral and holidays. We've talked about preaching some before, Sam. So maybe we'll touch on that briefly in this one, in this episode. But more than anything, we're thinking about. How do you handle scheduling around the holidays? How do you handle, you know, everybody wants you to come to their Christmas party, that sort of thing. How do you handle making sure your own family is prioritized during the holidays when you're trying to, excuse me, when you're trying to also lead the church? And this year in particular, uh, you know, Christmas Eve falls on a Saturday, on a Sunday and New Year's Eve falls on a Sunday. So what are you guys doing from a schedule perspective, Sam, uh, with Christmas and New Year's this year? Yeah, so we, you know, we a few months ago we had a discussion about that as a staff. You know, what what is our schedule on Christmas Eve? Um, and we decided that for the morning services we are going to keep our standard morning service. So four services, we're going to do groups like we always do, and then we're going to invite everyone back that evening for two evening services. Um, so it'll be a lot. That's six services total on Christmas Eve. Two of them being our Christmas Eve service, but uh, we believe that you know our our people our people are going to come Christmas Eve like they always do um, that morning on Sunday morning, and then we're just going to encourage them. Hey, bring your unchurched friends back for a Christmas Eve service, and I, I think it's going to work. I mean, uh, we can do an episode after uh, after this to see if our ideas were actually good ideas, but we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, so that's interesting. We had the same conversation. We came to different conclusions than you guys did. (laughs) We are treating our Sunday morning. We have, you know, on a normal weekend, we do like you guys do. We do four services on Sunday morning. We do one on Saturday night. And we're treating those services like our Christmas Eve service. So we'll do the candlelight. It'll be during the daytime, but we'll do the candlelit times. And we can, our, our, our rooms can be pretty dark the way our two auditoriums are. And so 
Um, we're going to do one hour. Normally, our services are an hour and 15 to an hour and a half each. Uh, normally, they happen. Two of our services happen at the exact same time. Two, then two others happen at the same time. Instead, we're going to stagger one after another, after another, after another. So our four will be staggered. Um, I will preach all four services on Sunday and one on Saturday. Uh, my service, my sermon will be maybe a 20-minute sermon that day instead of a 40 to 45-minute sermon. And uh, we're not going to do a, a traditional Christmas Eve service in the evening because we thought, man, asking people to come to church twice on a holiday basically is going to be uh, challenging. And we thought maybe it would be difficult to get them to come back. So we're treating our Sunday morning as if it's Christmas Eve. And then what we've done, for those who just say, look, we want to do a Sunday evening Christmas Eve, that's what we've always done. What we've done is we've used our communications team and we've recorded um, a complete package of a Christmas Eve service. So we have worship music, Christmas music. I do a 15-minute devotional, um, and then we're packaging it together with a series of readings. We're putting it all up on our website. We're going to make it available to other churches that might not have a Sunday evening Christmas Eve service and want to use it. We're putting it on our resource, the.church website where we give away free resources. And that way at home with your family, you can pull up your TV, pull up your computer, play the songs. Everybody sings along. You hit pause. We give you some scripture readings to read. Then you hit play. I do the devotional and you lead your family through a Christmas Eve service at your home. Well, yeah, we actually did come to completely different conclusions. So Completely different conclusions. <laughs> and I still like you, Sam. <laughs> No, well, and you know what? We'll have to we'll have to recircle and figure out. You know, I'll have to let everyone know if uh, if we had anybody show up that that night. So our our reasoning though is that unchurched people in our community, especially unchurched people, are because you're a little more in the Bible Belt than I am. We are. Um, yeah. We we uh, in fact we're we're far outside the Bible Belt here in Southwest Florida. That's right. Um, we see a ton of guests on Christmas Eve. I mean, a right. ton. And so yeah, we do too. Our, our unchurched people, there we know they're not going to come on Sunday morning, but there will be many that come Sunday night, uh, because Sunday for them is, you know, just part of the weekend. They're not used to Sunday morning services. So we're, we're going to try it. It'll, uh, it will be exhausting, but, uh, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully it'll, it'll work, you know, cause I'm, I'm doing all, all of those services and, uh, you know, well, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's one of those things you know, for our listeners, it's like, what do you do? It, I wish we had a, a good answer. It, it's uh, it's going to be different for every. It depends, which is a typical Rainer answer if you listen to my dad's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, uh, right. it depends. Well, and I mean the good news is, let's say we get it wrong. This is a once every seven or eight years question, right? Yeah. I mean, last year Christmas fell on on Sunday. Uh, this year Christmas Eve falls on Sunday. Next year neither of them, you know, and for the next four to six years, uh, neither of them will land on a Sunday. So we're not going to be dealing with it again. And, uh, and that's okay. So, I mean, this is, you know, this is an anomaly and last year was an anomaly. Easter is another anomaly this year. We've talked about that on a previous podcast. April fool's day is Easter this year. And so we've got to grapple with that as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm not super worried about it. We'll try it. If it doesn't work, it's a one year thing and we can, you know, we'll go back to our traditional model next year. Yeah. So what do you do for holiday schedule? Like, cause for pastors, it can be a very unhappy holiday because um, of all of the places you've got to be. Like everyone wants you at their Christmas party and, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, it, 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 I don't know if you get invites, but I get them galore. So what advice do you have for pastors who get inundated with, can you come to this event during the, during the holiday season? Yeah, 
I think it depends on the pastor, it depends on the church, and it depends on your um, your context uh, beyond just the church itself. And the way I've handled this has changed depending on the church I was in, Sam. The first church I pastored was a smaller rural church. You know, uh, a lot of the church was family with each other, and because my wife's family had grown up in that church, a lot of the church was our family. So that one was pretty simple. You know, almost everything we would get invited to, we were already planning to go to. We're, you know, it was family. The next church I pastored was a mid-sized to large church, six to seven hundred in worship. Uh, we got lots of invitations. Thankfully, most of them tended to be on the same one or two days. And so what my wife and I would do is we would just have someone watch the kids and we would plan on hitting six or seven parties in a day. And we would just take a couple of days and we would just 10, 15 minutes at each party. We would drop in. We'd say hello. Uh, now I'm at a church that's, you know, a lot larger than that. It's not possible. It's like Santa trying to hit every home of every child on the planet. You and, and I does. both, if we, did, if we did the math, we know it's not possible, right? <laughs> but Santa yeah, does get do to that. every house. You you should be able to, Micah. If Santa can do it, my, if, if yeah, Micah Santa, should be able to if do I it. Had, if I had Rudolph, maybe I could make it work. But, uh, you know... I've got a joke the about re- the chairman of the deacons, but I, I won't. I won't go there. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, I just can't. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I, we, you know, we will get invited to a few parties. Last year, we didn't get invited to a ton. We got inv- invited to a few, and we tend to go to the ones um, where we have a personal connection. Either it's our small group, or our kids have a friend, or something like that. We'll go to a few of those. Uh, but by and large, we don't go to a ton of those parties. One of the things we've done for Thanksgiving, we do a church Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, we, you know, we charge like, I don't know, a, just a little bit of money for it, a few dollars per person. And um, we cover the cost of catering it by doing that. And I think the church, you know, covers some of that as well. And uh, that way we're all there at the same time which is really kind of cool. We don't have to, uh, you know, we don't have to go anywhere because we're all going to be at one time, you know, together. We're all going to be in the room at one time during Thanksgiving. So that really helps us there. Uh, but, I mean, it really just depends. I mean, it's it's tricky. Every pastor, every church, every context is going to be different. What do you do, Sam? I go to as many as I can because I love people. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm an extrovert, and my wife is an extrovert, and— we both love just getting in the middle of it all and, and enjoying ourselves. So that's more, and you know, for those of you who are listening who that's not you, I, listen, I understand my dad is an introvert. You know, we have introverts on staff. It's exhausting for them. So, you know, if, if you're not like me and, and cause we just get, I mean, it's like, all right, we got another party to go to. Um, I, I realize that may be a little more unusual than, than what is, uh, than what is typical for pastors, but I would, I would encourage you to be strategic about it as you need to be strategic about everything. Um, um, you know, if you have not hung out with that particular Sunday school class or that particular life group ever, that's your opportunity. That's the one you need to go to. Um, yeah. If, yeah. if there's a segment of people in the church who um, are influencers and uh, you uh, you just really need to, to make sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're taking care of them, go to that one. Um, if, uh, and then you can have some friends in your, in your church, right? Hopefully you have some friends. Go, go to that one too. This that you need to be ministered to as well. So go to the party that you actually want to go to. Um, yeah, I would say absolutely all of that's true. I'm an, I'm an extrovert. My wife is an introvert. So we're a little different than you guys are in that, we're, but we're both not, you know, we're not both of us in extroverts, but, 
Uh, we do. I mean, we'll still end up at a fair amount of parties, that sort of thing. We have fun. It's a blast. It's a great way to get to know people. I, I would say this, though. Also, make sure that you protect your family times and traditions and you're honest with the church and say, there are some things I'm not going to be able to go to because my kids need to make sure that they enjoy Christmas, too. Oh, yeah. You know, this is this is something. So, for instance, uh, the first church I pastored, I told you it was a small rural church. We never did a Christmas Eve service at that church. Now, they've started one now, but uh, my wife's grandmother was is, still is kind of the matriarch of that church. And when I got there, there were 35 people there every weekend. And um, her big day of Christmas was not Christmas Day. It was Christmas Eve. And she had all of her family at Christmas Eve. And I realized in a church like that, if I were to start a Christmas Eve service, I would be running up against the matriarch of the church, her, the biggest day of the year for her. And so, you know, that trumped it. So we, you know, we had to shape around that. I mean, that's a reality. That's why I said context matters. Know your context and make decisions that are appropriate in your context. Yeah, I and I would I would agree with that, Micah. Um, you know, you don't you don't want grandma upset. I mean, that that's a bad day. That's a really yeah, bad and that day. would have been bad for me in double in double ways, right? It'd be bad in that the matriarch of the church would have been upset, and my wife's grandmother. Our family would have been it wouldn't have been good in multiple ways. Yeah. But yeah. So this season from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and it's really now with your fall festivals or extravaganzas or, you know, no church calls it Halloween, which is, you know, hilarious to me. But um, it's busy. This is we are right in the heart of a busy season. We know that going into it. So how do you prepare for this October, late October to early January schedule? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, um, part of it is what do you do in terms of work? I mean, what's your work schedule? Uh, So one of the things, and we've talked about this on a previous episode, um, one of the things we do is everybody gets off the week between Christmas and New Year's. That week is a week off. It doesn't require vacation time. We just close our office. Part of the reason why we do that is because nobody wants to, I mean, generally no one in the church has anything going on. I mean, no members want the office. They're not you know, they're not looking for us. It's a really good time to do that because there's very little demand for us during that time. But one of the other reasons we do it is because leading up to that time, there's great demand. I mean, the month of, from, from Thanksgiving through Christmas is one of the busiest four-week stretches in the life of a church. We will work a lot of hours, um, and, and it's a high-intensity sort of time. And, and we're like you in that Christmas Eve for us is a very, very significant uh, in terms of attendance, uh, a significant time for us, and we'll have a lot of people who are here, and uh, and so we want to maximize that. We recognize that we're going to, you know, kill ourselves during that period, and so when we have an opportunity to kind of slow down and relax between Christmas and New Year's, we're going to take advantage of that. And then, really, the first two weeks of the year, January, the first two weeks of January, are also really, really slow time, and so we don't, you know, we. Um, we start our major series of the year, the third week of January, recognizing, and, and we just do standalone sermons, really, from the end of Advent till the th- third week of January. We just do some standalone messages, no major priorities, just preach the word, and, and we keep on moving on. What about you, Sam? Yeah, so we're, we're a little different down here because of what we call season with our snowbirds. Right. So when January 1st hits, I mean, right after Christmas— it gets crazy busy from basically all of January and February leading up into Easter. Right. Um, but I've been, you know, my family's very strategic about it. We're uh, we're intentional. Maybe talking family issues, intentional is a better word than strategic. Right. We, um, 
we uh, we go th- we go to Thanksgiving, so we fly out um, on Thanksgiving, and you know after after Sunday services, and we come back Saturday, so that week of Thanksgiving, I've just told the church, um, you know that's family time because my wife has some family traditions there, and we you know we want to keep those traditions, and then uh, we uh, like you kind of just really close down the office for the week after Christmas, leading up to January first, because that is a little lighter time for us. But once January 1st hits, let me tell you, this place down here gets crazy hopping. In fact, it's, uh, it's it's getting busy now. The season is getting longer and longer. I, a lot of conversations as to why that is down here, but uh, it starts picking up a little earlier um, that we're finding out. And that we're, the, we're the sixth fastest growing area of the nation right now, so um, we're just getting a lot of new people in here anyway. Um, so it's just constantly busy. Uh, but we do try to, uh, my wife and I try to take our family Thanksgiving for a week and then Christmas really for, I try to do 10 days, uh, after, um, after Christmas so that we can truly have some downtime. So I take my vacations in July and December and early January, um, just so we, so we can be with family because we don't have any family down here. We're, you know, we're. Um, we're all by ourselves in uh, Southwest Florida, which we're fine with because our church is wonderful and our church is our family. Um, right. But it's good to it's good to see uh, it's good to see mom and dad and cousins as well. So uh, yeah, those are the, the the times that we take, and uh, the church. My church has been very good about it. I've been upfront about it. I tell them, hey, right. you know, we're going to be gone Thanksgiving. We're going to be gone the week after Christmas. I've got a guy. I've got several people here that can preach for me. So I let them have that first uh, Sunday in January time slot and it's usually a big sunday so it gives them an opportunity to to preach to a pretty large crowd too yeah we, we are and i mean i've talked to you about this before i don't do i don't do as well with vacation time i need to do better than i've done in the past but um we are um actually going to be tracy and i just doing a little three-day vacation the week after thanksgiving this year we were scheduled actually i was scheduled to be with her right now on a vacation at a very warm place (laughs) with a beach and the hurricane tore it up and destroyed it and so the place where we were supposed to stay had to cancel our reservations and so we uh instead we decided we're going to do something kind of big next year and so we're just doing a little staycation for two nights and three days the week after thanksgiving without any kids just the two of us relaxing together but but that's you know that week after thanksgiving we figure that monday tuesday wednesday we can handle that and then uh immediately after that we know it's going to start picking up and it's going to be busy for us until the end of the year so we're we're pushing you know and and we recognize we've talked about this before the difference between work-life balance and rhythms this is one of those times where rhythms matters you're gonna it's going to be a high intensity high energy time so you need to take advantage when it's over of just relaxing and uh, and enjoying the downtime and don't feel bad about as long as you work hard and work often when you're on the you know the peak times don't feel bad about relaxing a little bit when it's you know gets to the downtime so do you do a christmas series we do advent series we we celebrate advent every year so we do a four-week christmas series um this year our advent series is focused on characters of advent and so we're doing um joseph mary J- uh, john and jesus and uh and next year we'll do emmanuel uh, the idea of God with us, and yeah, we've we've got that already mapped out this year and next year both. So as much as I hate Christmas music, um, I love the Christmas series, the sermon series. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I hear of the I hear of these guys that you know don't roll with the secular calendar, which I get. You know, I understand the argument: Mother's Day, sure. Father's Day, uh, Christmas, all that sort of stuff. But man, 
I, I just, I love a good Christmas series. Um, yeah. Not yeah. Christmas music. I can do without the Christmas music, but the sermon series, I love hearing I'm about I'm so sad for you. I, I know. I know. And I'm going to keep, so sad now that you. I know that you're all about it, I'm going to keep hammering, hammering that point. I'm going to just randomly send you Christmas lyrics every once in a while. Oh, I can, I'm fine with the lyrics. It's. Uh, oh no, I'll send you audio files. Yeah, that's 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 the problem for me. <laughs> it won't be me singing Christmas music, but I'll send you audio files of good Christmas music from time to time. And there is a huge difference. So there is some very good Christmas music that's out there, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a a lot of garbage, um, and that's mainly what people listen to is is the yeah. garbage. So yeah, if you want to grate me, just uh, just just send me bad Christmas music. I'll, I won't tell you. There is a Christmas song that to me is the most annoying song on the planet. I'm not going to tell you what song it is, but my wife knows what song it is, and so she sings it for me regularly. The chipmunks. Drives me it's, up the it's wall. It's the chipmunks. No, it's not that one, but it is. There is, a, there is a song out there that drives me up the wall, but I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm good at uh, taking a joke and running it into the ground, so if you do tell me, it, it, will, it will come up often. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I would, encourage, I would encourage, uh, anybody who's listening – I think the vast majority of people in the vast majority of churches want a Christmas series. And so unless yeah, you've got a right. really good reason not to do it, I would say, hey, you know, it's a time for you to focus on a very important event, the birth of Christ, and, right. uh, and do a good series around it. The other thing that I would say, Sam, and I've, I've been saying this for years, but Christmas is the one time per year where almost everybody on the planet wants traditional they yep. want tradition. They want to remember what Christmas was like when they went to their grandparents when they were a kid. And so we go all in with tradition at Christmas time. Um, I, I think the most contemporary churches in America ought to be very traditional at Christmas time because Christmas is so nostalgic, so historical, so rooted in, you know, our history as children and, you know, and, that, and grandchildren, that sort of thing. And so don't try and be hip, cool, and, you know, Cutting edge at Christmas is one of my recommendations. Own the tradition. Embrace it. The other thing I would say to pastors is this can be an overwhelming time. If you let it, you need to take time regularly to step back and just enjoy the season. Enjoy the sights, the smells. Just sit back in your chair and just and just be reminded of, of what it was like to be a kid, you know, waiting for Christmas to get here and the anticipation and the excitement and the enjoyment of family and and all of that. Don't don't get so wrapped up and so caught up. By the way, this is why we practice Advent at our church. I like to say that Advent is the antidote to a consumer Christmas hmm. because Advent forces us to walk slowly to the manger over a period of a month. And uh, a consumer Christmas tries to rush and rush and rush and run and run and run as fast as we can. What we want to do as a church and what I want to do as a church leader is I want to hit the timeout button. I want to force our people to hit pause, and I want to walk slowly to the manger together and to gaze in on the infant child who is, as Isaiah chapter 9 says, the Prince of Peace. You know, uh, I want to force us to sort of slow down and walk slowly to the manger. And so we work, I mean, we go all in on tradition. Uh, we, we practice the liturgical calendar. We celebrate Advent together. We do Advent readings. We light an Advent wreath. We have a different family do it in every, our, every one of our services. And it's just a really cool, fun way to slow down and reflect on, on Christmas. Man, I completely agree. So established church leaders, this is your opportunity to, That's right. to, to reach outward because people are looking for what you offer. 
Um, so that's you, exactly right. If you pastor an established church, embrace that during this season. You will you will likely see some fruit from that. And Micah, you talk about Christmas traditions. I grew up at least a good chunk of my childhood in St. Petersburg, Florida. So my Christmas tradition was sitting on a beach, uh, which uh, is, uh, in my view, a, a, a pretty good uh, tradition. So I, I hope to I hope to continue that. Um, but yeah, you know, established church. Well, I, this listen, is, this I'm is all about chance. Christmas in shorts. Christmas in shorts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell people I love white Christmas as long as we're talking about Bing Crosby on the 50-inch. That's my idea of white Christmas. <laughs> yep. So the good lesson and good word there, and everyone's like taking notes on walking slowly to the manger. There's all sorts of guys who preach every week who are probably uh, stealing some of, <laughs> some of your ideas right now. I, I've thought about, man, that that's good stuff. I, I, I need to I need to, I need to say something like that <laughs> during this season. Um, the other thing I would say is this, Sam. So many of our pastors who are listening to this fight battles with traditional music and contemporary music and all of that sort of thing. Christmas is a great opportunity for you to win among the crowd who, who's always frustrated with the push towards more modern, more contemporary, um, you know, that sort of thing. And so don't, don't miss that. Enjoy the opportunity. Um, enjoy the opportunity to just own the traditionalism and get some affirmation from some folks in your church who might otherwise push back against you. So one other thing, and I know we're getting short on time, but, um, the uh, the big mega church down the road from us, which we've had a good episode on that, the mega church down the road. Early That's right. On. Yeah, we so have. You should go back and listen to that. The big mega church down the road is actually advertising, and this is an uber contemporary church. They're actually advertising that this year we're going to have a choir at at Christmas, and this yes. is, this is the church. No, this is the church that publicly makes fun of things like that, and mm-hmm. so uh, I. Uh, you know, I've been going around quoting LL Cool J to my my choir leader, saying, you know, don't call it a comeback because Brad, <laughs> Brad's been here for years. You know, I mean, this is uh, so, good. so. Those of you who are established church guys, uh, yeah, don't call it a comeback. We've been doing this a long time. Um, you uh, you embrace the tradition, embrace the established nature of your church during this season, and I think you're going to see a lot of fruit from it because Mike is right. There are people that are looking for this, and this is the one time per year where you're the expert. As Sam said a minute ago, yes. you've got what everyone's looking for. So own it. Don't be afraid of it. Encourage your people to, to, to invite their friends. And you know, Sam, I'm in the buckle of the Bible Belt. In fact, uh, Barna says that Chattanooga, Tennessee is the most churched city in America. Wow. And yet, and yet 40% of the county my church is in has no religious affiliation whatsoever. I live one county to the south. I live in Catoosa County, Georgia, which is just across the state line. In my county, according to the uh, uh, American Religious Data Archive, uh, 70% of my county has no religious affiliation whatsoever. Hmm. So if I'm in the most churched city in America— where between half and 70% of all the people I come in contact with have no religious affiliation whatsoever. What an amazing opportunity for me to invite a lot of people who don't know Jesus and have no relationship with the church to enjoy tradition, heritage, nostalgia at Christmas. Uh, And those of you who are listening, you're all in cities that are less church than mine, (laughs) you know, and so take advantage of this opportunity to to invite your friends and, and to push your church to do the same. Awesome. 
Well, Steve, good man. I'm glad to uh, to do this thing with you every week. Hopefully, next time we record, Josh will be. He was actually texting us while we've been uh, sitting here doing the episode. So whatever he was doing, he must have had a break from it so that he could uh, text us in the middle of the episode. We're so glad everybody listens each week. We hope you are following us on social media, Twitter in particular. We hope you are sharing the episodes. We'd love for you to retweet us and uh, for you to invite your friends to subscribe and follow. It'd be a big, big help if you would do that. Until next week, we hope you have a great week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the Word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there.